Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome to the Voice of Charity. I'm Marie Jokum. I'm Bridget Murphy filling in for Michael Bear. As we have often said on this program, Catholic Charities is deeply grateful for the many partnerships we have in serving people in need. <clears throat> Pardon me. One of the longest running of these partnerships is with the Chicago Help Initiative. And you know, Bridget and our listeners, we've been chatting a lot um, through this the entire pandemic, through these last few months, really about um, the innovation that people have sort of seen a problem and they've stepped up and made some changes and, and helped their community. And we're really going to be talking about an initiative today that was started not during a pandemic, but in similar fashion where a, a need was seen and, and folks responded. So the Chicago Help Initiative was founded in 2000 by Jacqueline Hayes, a dedicated community activist who was also a successful real estate broker, specializing in retail leasing on the Magnificent Mile and on Oak Street. It was originally called HELP, which stood for Help Ease Local Poverty. In 1999, the city of Chicago had closed Lower Wacker Drive. <clears throat> I don't remember that because I was in high school. And many of the... Nobody needed to know that. <laughs> and many of the homeless individuals had their move to storefront doorways on Michigan Avenue. Jackie saw this firsthand and began reaching out to help. Jackie is a remarkable advocate for people in need um, then, now, and we know forever. Yeah, and currently the Chicago Help Initiative is, uh, as we said, one of our supper partners. So we offer a meal to approximately 150 guests every weeknight out of our St. Vincent Hall at 721 North LaSalle. And we have a couple partners, um, but Chicago Help Initiative is certainly one of our strongest. And beyond the weeknight dinners, SHI, which is the acronym, offers a variety of classes to its guests. And Catholic Charities often shares our conference rooms and um, staff poke in and help. Um, and included in these sessions are reading, writing, math, and computer literacy. And the classes have been expanded to art and even yoga. Um, so we are grateful to work with this wonderful organization Welcome, please, Jackie Hayes. So Jackie is the President Emeritus of Chicago Help Initiative, and we are delighted to have her on the show today to talk about our partnership and the impact she's made in the past 20 years. And Doug Frazier, our other friend, who is also the Executive Director of Chicago Help Initiative. Doug leads a dedicated staff and an army of volunteers who together offer ongoing help to clients, manage classes, provide the weekly dinner, and maintain a really detailed list of resources around the city that 
of places that provide shelter, groceries, access to physical and mental health care facilities. And so we're so excited to be able to talk to Jackie and Doug. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Jackie, we're going to start with you. Can you sort of walk us through kind of what that feeling was? What was your impetus those first days as you saw more and more homeless individuals on the Magnificent Mile? How did this begin? Well, actually, what had happened is that a lot of the homeless who were um, forced out of Lower Racket Drive were starting to live in the doorways of the spaces I was attempting to lease. And quite honestly, I told them to get the heck out of there because <laughs> they were hurting my business. And then I felt guilty. I thought, oh, my God, this is where they felt safe. And I was an officer and director, which I still am, at the at then the Greater North Michigan Avenue Association, which is now known as the Magnificent Mile Association. And I went to them and said, we have to do something about the homeless because, uh, first and foremost, this is what tourists were seeing when they come to our city how we disrespected the, those people in need. And they said that they didn't have a staff to do anything about it. And so I said, if I started something, would they back me? And they said, yes. So I gathered together um, uh, the Greater North Michigan Avenue Association, the River North Association, the Streeterville Organization of Active Residents, Holy Name, Forest Press, Catholic Cherries, Northwestern Hospital, and Lawson House. And we met once a month. Um, for a year and created a two-sided card of how to deal with the homeless. And it was um, paid for by the Greater North Michigan Avenue Association, and every one of us um, had access to give those out to our respective members. And it was a very simple card, and when I look at it now, it, it almost was valueless, quite honestly. But it did start us. And what I... happened after that is that Everybody said, oh, we worked so well together, let's do housing. And I really just about fainted because I thought, <laughs> holy cow, it took us a year to do a card. I can imagine how long it would take to do housing. And so I was very blessed. Monsignor Bolin, then um, president of Catholic Charities, offered me his dining hall. And the first meal was served in March of 2001. Jackie, that's incredible. And and we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to start up with that story because it really highlights your innovation um, and your forethought and then also bringing folks together. So we'll be back in a moment on The Voice of Charity. Thank you. More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today.
Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We hope to see you there. Good morning and welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jochum and Bridget Murphy. And we are here today talking to two of our partners um, and friends and advocates for our community, Jacqueline Hayes, President Emeritus of Chicago Help Initiative, and Doug Frazier, the current Executive Director. Jackie, before the break, um, when we cut you off, I'm so sorry about that, We were you were sharing with us a little bit of the trajectory of how, how you started um, from those initial interactions with folks living um, on the street to bringing together partners to work on this to then you you started talking about sort of conversations with Monsignor Boland our right. past president well it's true the one one uh, Monsignor Boland offered us the dining hall what had to happen was that the police and the Department of Family Services had to go out and tell people we were going to have a meal there so that's how it started because people didn't know and um Nine months after we started it, uh, after the Chicago Help Initiative started, Monsignor Bowen came to me and he says, you know, I really like what you're doing. Do you mind if I do it on Tuesdays? And I was just so taken aback that the man, it's his building, but the man had the courtesy to ask me that. And so um, Catholic Charities started feeding on Tuesday. Shortly thereafter, uh, Fourth Press, who, who... uh, was one of the original uh, founders of the organiz- uh, of the effort, um, asked if they could provide a meal at Catholic Charities because their new building was not completed on, on Michigan Avenue yet. And so Monsignor Boland said, sure. I think he was really happy to have Presbyterians in the house. <laughs> and so then what ended up happening is a Holy Name stepped forward and said that they'd like to uh, provide a meal as well. So Monday was uh, Fourth Press, Tuesday was Catholic Charities, Wednesday was the Chicago Help Initiative, Thursday was um, Holy Name, and Friday then was shared between the Fourth Press and Holy Name. What ended up happening is when the Fourth Press got their developed developed their new building, they just uh, continue to do Mondays and Holy Name does Thursday and Friday. Oh, and it's... I uh, want to explain. Uh, from a braggadocio uh, point, I think that the Chicago Health Initiative's meals are the most popular, and it's not because our food is any better or that our volunteers are any more uh, loving or anything like that, but it's because of all the programs that we have. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's what also happened about nine months after I had wanted the guests to fill out a survey indicating that the time was right and the meals were good and everything was comfortable and they weren't filling it out. And I said, come on, guys. I thought we were friends. They said, we can't read. So 
so that's when we started one of our first programs. And uh, from day from that day on, anytime we saw a need, we started a program. And we have probably about 20 different programs now, and I'll let Doug get into that uh, a little later on. But, you know, some of the first things that happened is that we had um, uh, students from Northwestern Medical School come and they did blood pressure uh, readings, and we had, we still have our had up until the pandemic, a uh, representative from the night ministry come and do um, HIV testing and hepatitis C testing. We've expanded that so much. We have doctors, nurses, social workers at all all of our meals when, when we were able to, probably about 10, 15. And because what happens is that it's been determined that a lot of homeless go to the uh, emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. And um, a study was done and it showed that even one particular individual um, uh, booked up about a million dollars worth of services. And they've determined that if they help them before they come to the emergency room, it's a much better um, operation. And in addition to that, the University of Illinois uh, Medical is now building some housing because it's cheaper to build the housing than to have them in the emergency rooms. But Right. We've made so many discoveries along the way. And and the thing that is the most remarkable, I will say, is that I don't know who benefits more from our meals on Wednesday, if it's the homeless and the volunteers. Because my volunteers right now, my former volunteers, because they can't come to a meal, um, are, are are semi-depressed because they it's part of their family life sure. right. to, inter, to interface with the guests. It's yeah, really it's extraordinary, strong. Jackie. I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but uh-huh. I, I want to give our listeners a sense of the, the meal is such a sense of community. I mean, on every night there is such um, connection and joy. Um, people know each other. The interactions are so authentic. Um, but Wednesdays, I will say, um, having been at, uh, popped in on every night, Wednesday is like a carnival in the best <laughs> sense of the word. Um, again, so much joy. There are books out. The doctors and nurses are there. Um, as you said, the longtime volunteers. I mean, I really uh, want to give folks, like, this is not a, a homeless shelter kind of meal. Well, like, it is such right, a sense right. of fellowship. Um, we're going to take a... We're going to switch over to Doug for a second and, and just kind of building off of what Bridget kind of had to say in these next two minutes before we take a next break. What What is the typical day like for you, Doug? What You know, we're, we're praising all of this amazing work that you all are doing. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you on the ground every day? Well, given that we're running a carnival, it's a little... <laughs> Okay, Doug, we meant that in the best way possible. I meant it. I actually love that analogy because, and, and Jacqueline touches on this as well, is that one of the things that we identify as most important is that a lot of our folks are isolated. And it actually, inc- incidentally, it's, it's both the, the homeless and many of our volunteers. And in creating right. that community, we think we empower them uh, to start looking at bigger and different things for them. But each day is different in the sense that we're a very small staff with lots of volunteers. So the focal point is coordinating people to get the services delivered both during the, de- during the meal itself and surrounding the meal. I think uh, 
Bridget and Marie, you both know we've expanded to have a caseworker and some other follow-up staff because we felt that was needed. Uh, so that happens during the week as well. And the other thing is lining up the partners uh, that are both ours and Catholic Charities who come to the meals and provide direct services there. So we, with a small group, we do everything from grant writing to outreach to social media to uh, uh, coordination and delivery. Uh, but it's the, the, the key part of it is it, it all involves people. And so people are all different, so every day is different. I love that, Doug. And we're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about one of your recent projects, um, the expansion of medical shelters. So we're going to take a break here on The Voice of Charity, and we'll be back with Jackie Hayes and Doug Free. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions Program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. Welcome back to The Voice of Charity. This is Marie Jokum here with Bridget Murphy, and we are talking with Jackie Hayes, President Emeritus of the Chicago Help Initiative, and Doug Frazier, the current Executive Director. Doug, before the break, we mentioned the medical shelters that you are offering in two new locations. Can you share a little bit about those? Sure. Uh, so, And Jacqueline talked a little bit about the origin of it. Uh, in thinking about healthcare for our guests and how healthcare in the long run could be connected to housing. And it was actually Stephen Brown at UIC that inspired us to do this when he created the program there that uh, transitioned folks from his emergency room where he was working, UICs, into housing. We thought this is a phenomenal connection of a for of profit of uh, hospitals needing to adjust their bottom line with compassionate ways of helping people. And we started the shelter originally, we call it a medical shelter because it's not a full clinic by any means. Uh, at 721 North LaSalle, your building in, I think, uh, one of the uh, conference rooms off the side, it's all volunteer physicians, nurses, students, uh, and we have some volunteer sort of administrators, people who keep records as well, do a marvelous job. And, they and it's expanded to 4th Presbyterian, 
where they really have set up their own group there after we started it that just does an amazing job as well. We all stay in touch. And Holy Trinity Cathedral, which is the Russian Orthodox Cathedral on the west side. So it has three locations. Uh, they do four things. Uh, the first thing they do is screening, uh, blood pressure, glucose, and uh, it's a way of folks who are homeless who have few touch points in their lives to come back on a regular basis and see where they're at with these things. They do a lot of wound care, hmm. a surprising amount of wound care, so it does take up a, a good portion of their time. Folks who have open sores, open wounds, uh, and need immediate some immediate triage on those. They do cough and cold, what they call it, and then the most important thing they do is connection and referral. So when someone comes in, we try and build a trusted relationship with them. We try and work with them to get them into a real primary care setting or whatever setting they need, uh, and so that they can then begin to establish a medical home so that they're not having to go between, go without care uh, on conditions that really should be better treated. And, you know, I, I hope our listeners can kind of understand, and I don't mean to fangirl so hard over Doug and Jackie, <laughs> but this is a group of folks who listen to the community that they're serving, and they see what the needs are, they spend time getting to know the people that were honored to be able to serve, and then they respond. And I think that is highlighted so well. I, I've, you know, seen the docs down um on the first floor of Catholic Charities, 721 North LaSalle building. And it's incredible. It's incredible what they can do. You know, Doug and Jackie, in the last few minutes that we have here today, can you share a story or two with us um, about folks you've served? I, I hesitate to say the word success story because that means all sorts of different things. But what is maybe something that stands out to you um, in someone you've been able to kind of accompany in this work you do? I hope you don't mind. I'm going to address something else. One of the things that we've just completed is we've completed a documentary, and it shows that with the proper respect, we influence our guests to help themselves. We're there to help them. We're there to, to, to offer them support along the way. But when they know that there's somebody behind them, they're more willing to get off the street. In the past, if they go for housing or a doctor care or something like that, They'd be sort of put off. But now they know that somebody cares about them. And because of that, we do have success stories where people have, we help them get jobs, we help them get housing, we help them with medical care, we help them uh, with art and uh, arts and culture programs. And what ends up happening is that we wanted to show that and have that video be, uh, documentary, excuse me, be shown around the country to influence other people. There are a lot of places that feed the homeless, but that's not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing, don't get me wrong. But if you, if you help them go to the next step, you're able to get people off the street. I'll let Doug speak to that as well. Well, I would just say for, for Maria, a real quick one in terms of, of the success stories. The other day I was walking through Merchandise Mart and... Uh, we do a jobs club where we help people get their resumes in order, do some interview, mm -hmm. practice, get the things they need to get a job. And this guy started hollering my name, and I turned <laughs> around. It was one of our guests, and he had, he had worked with Kristen and Rachel through the jobs club, and then he got yeah. a job at Merchandise Mart, and he was just saying hello. He was busy. He was working, but he was just <laughs> saying hello. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I got the best 
job I could have. Yeah, yeah. I think you've both highlighted something really important in that we like to think, you know, Catholic Charities, and when I say that, I mean all of our partners, we are we are much bigger than, than our staff, um, is that this success happens in relationship. Um, as you say, folks have experienced in, in families, in systems, all kinds of disconnection and, and um, challenges, and really um, deep change, which they lead, let's be really clear, we're just there to help, as you say, can really only happen um, when when there's been a relationship formed. And that takes time, right? right? That takes time, and, and that takes people like you. So um, we are just so grateful. And Jackie, I mean, you must look back on this and be like, my God, what have I created? It's fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, in, in, in a million years, I never thought in my old age I'd be a social worker. <laughs> so, Jackie, you are not it, old. But it is, it, is, it is a rewarding experience to know that you're able to help somebody else. Absolutely. And, and Jackie, you know, before we kind of close out for the day, you did mention the documentary. Is is that being shown places yet? Where can our, our listeners hear, or not hear, um, see it? We, we, can, we can send off a, a trailer of the documentary. Right now, we're still trying to work through how we're going to have a world premiere of it. Because um, we had to make an addendum to the documentary. Uh, to show what happened with COVID. And sure, that's another story right. we didn't even touch on. Yes. We have another we, three or four episodes that we uh, can do with you and Doug for sure. Okay. So, you know, I'd I... would like that. Yes. But as soon as, as soon as we have information on... Uh, when we're going to do the world premiere of the documentary, we'd be happy to share it with you. Absolutely, and then we will we will come out and we'll bring all our our all of our listeners and all of our supporters as well. And Jackie and Doug, it really is a privilege to work with you, and and I know how important you and Chicago Health Initiative are to Catholic charities, and we know that will continue for a long time. Um, so thank you for being with us today. Thank and thank you, Catholic us. Charities, for being supportive of us and allowing us the use of that dining hall. We couldn't have done it without you. Well, thank you. That's generous of you. Thank you. To learn more about the Chicago Help Initiative, we encourage you to visit their website at chicagohelpinitiative.org. And visit catholiccharities.net for updates on our programs, services, and virtual summer events. We invite all of you back next Tuesday morning for a very special edition of The Voice of Charity when we will welcome our new president, CEO, Sally Blunt. For now, this is Marie Jokum with Bridget Murphy wishing you all a happy, healthy, and safe week from everyone at Catholic Charities. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.